begin. The internet, a doorway to the world's most fascinating and terrifying communities. To explore it is to interrogate that which makes us human. Only some are brave enough to venture into these other worlds. Only some are brave enough to be called. The Internet Explorers. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Anderson Brothers, The Internet Explorers. I am your co-host, Evan Axel Anderson. And I'm your other co-host, David Ryan Anderson. David, you sound, you've got like a, uh, a skip in your step. I, I heard it in your voice just there. <laughs> well, yeah, and you know why? It's because today we have such a special episode for uh, everybody. Oh, no, another special episode. Just tell us what it is. <laughs> so as you know, and a lot of people know, Elon Musk recently bought Twitter. It's a lot of news about it. And you've probably heard whispers and things. It's been talk of the town that Twitter is just like basically imploding like so quickly in a matter of days, things started just going off the rails. I use Twitter on the reg now and I'm just constantly seeing people posting like, hey, it was so nice to meet you all. I realized that this thing is going to not exist in the future. Um, and it's very weird. It like just happened in the past month. Yeah, the whole place is like in mourning slash celebrating and dancing as the as Rome burns behind them. Yeah. So we have decided that we are going to have a two part episode here where we are going to go through day by day what is happening at Twitter, starting with Elon Musk walking through the front door to today, honestly, till probably a few days from now. It's this is a uh, what is it? A super special episode. <laughs> That's what they say on the news. No, this is a developing story. A developing right story, yes. That's right, yeah. But before we start, let's explain just very quickly, what is Twitter? So Twitter is kind of the only website where, you know, it, it, it's usually referred to as like the town square of the world, which is not really true. I mean, there's not nearly enough people actually using Twitter for it to classify as that. Once again, Americans and Europeans dilute the entire <laughs> world down to specifically us who are on the internet. Right. But it, it really is, though, a place where people from all different communities can come together and just kind of like live side by side. And you can kind of stumble into somebody else's like very specific community and like mm. observe them and talk to them. Like Evan and I get a lot of our research done at least like preliminary research off of Twitter, like making our like 3D printed gun episode, I'd be writing the episode and then realize like, I don't know exactly what this term means or how this thing is applied. Let me literally go on Twitter and ask those, the people I follow and be like, Hey, can you explain this to me? And then they would, yeah. and I would, I'd get an explanation. So yeah, I mean, that that's true of like so many different communities and a benefit of that has been that you get this like democratized, I mean, sort of citizen journalism kind of yeah. phenomenon going on. Yeah. Independent journalism, open source, these kinds of things are, you know, uh, there's not really another place like that where you can go and be like, I'm going to listen to <laughs> Russians with attitude who are like propagandists who are like on the other side yeah. of the conflict to Rob Lee, who is like a King's College war analyst to, you know, um, the president of the United States or, or you know, some dude who's literally on the front line of the on war. The front line. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. People were on the ground in Ukraine. Uh, the historian in me comes out, but it's also an incredibly important archive of historically 
relevant material. Lots of people will post things on Twitter. That's the only place that that information lives. Donald Trump's tweets, I feel like, is a good example of this, but there are a number of other examples you could go to to find statements that in the future will be really relevant. And it is kind of wild to imagine that this space that doesn't have permanence, we've been kind of treating it like it will have permanence. Um, And that's very dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) So Twitter uh, is maybe not so affectionately referred to by its own users as the hell site. And the reason for that is because when you gather all of these different people together You get a lot of conflict and like people learning things, but not learning them enough to like wield the knowledge they have with like necessarily responsibility or inappropriate ways. You get like really bizarre, like opinions start to form and things like that, which I've always had a lot more patience for. Like literally a few days ago, like there was a huge discourse on Twitter about whether making soup for your neighbor was ableist or not or whatever. And it was like, wait, that was what it was? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So Twitter is this like really, it's such a weird place. I mean, people have their businesses run from it. People are like making communities there. They're making enemies. You get death threats and stuff. I mean, you have like whatever, ISIS trying to recruit on Twitter. And like, there's a certain part of me that's like, Twitter would be better off gone, like for humanity. If we all like logged off. Yeah, I mean, we've been increasingly joking that it would be better if the internet didn't exist or something like that. That's the moral um, of our podcast, actually, yeah. is that the internet not true. the internet is it's bad. Not true. We use the internet all the time. <laughs> we really do like it, actually. But honestly, Twitter is a remarkable resource for making those kind of connections and like learning and and honestly, like building like solidarity just between yeah. like people that would never come in contact with one another with that amount of like depth before. Yeah. And I think, you know, it, it, I think it has been really like significant political ramifications. And all of this is the, the soup that Elon Musk is in. He stepped in the soup. This is absolutely insane. This story. I still can't believe that it's happening. Yeah. I have lived it. I have gone and researched it for a more thorough understanding. I wrote up a 40 page document of notes. Yeah. And I still can't believe it. I feel like I'm reading a John Grisham novel or something. The the intrigue and suspense. I've been laughing maniacally just looking at all this stuff and talking to David about it because it's just, I just, every time we like say the thing to me, it's just absolute bizarreness of this chain of events just strikes me again. Like, yes, this is like a tragedy. I don't think anybody who is using Twitter wants Twitter to, to go away. It is just very funny. It's just very funny to see all this stuff happening. You can't help but just laugh at the absurdity of it. It's so, it's a clown show, you know? Well, David, get ready to put on your red nose and clown makeup because we are diving into this clown show. Jumping into the brother mobile. (laughs) Jumping. Everybody get in here. Let's go into this jump. Ready? All right. That sounds good to me. You can say ready, David. You can say ready. ready. Thank you. (laughs) All right, let's go. Elon Musk loves Twitter, dude. He is on Twitter all the time. The only person comparable is literally just Donald Trump. Yeah. A person with immense power and and wealth and presumably like better things to do, just hopelessly brain rottingly addicted 
to being on Twitter. You'd think that a guy who was so addicted to Twitter, just like me, would finally bring yes, me back. That- <laughs> Come on, Elon, do it. So Elon Musk loves Twitter, and he purchased 9.2% of Twitter stock and became the largest shareholder recently. After that, he was invited to be on the company's board of directors, and it never manifested. Instead, Elon Musk turned around and said that he would buy the entire company for $54.20 a share. Wow. Now, if you know, you probably don't know, but- Oh, all right. Come on. I Maybe I know. <laughs> Try me. If you know about the you know, sort of valuation of Twitter, that is significantly more money than it's worth. Sure. So why would he do that? Why would he ask for $54.20 a share? Just really bad at business, maybe. It's because, kind of, it's actually because <laughs> 5420, it makes 420. It was a weed joke. It's he, a weed joke. He is bankrupting himself for one very like a wee joke he made to whom his fan base you know oh he made a joke about this on twitter first actually like okay. a, a while ago where he's like he's like wouldn't it be funny if i bought twitter and valued it like you know at something with like 420 in it yeah and you know his like followers on twitter were like yes that'd be totally based that is epic bacon pizza uh elon musk like went through with it but did you just say to me it was <laughs> Bacon pizza? Epic bacon pizza. I don't know. I'm just thinking of like, like, like Reddit, tar- like not edgy, but you know what I mean? Those like things that people thought were like, like uh, the kids are not all right. <laughs> I mean, this is from like when we were kids. It's just that that sure. is the generation that like, you know, loves Elon Musk. So of course, uh, Twitter accepted Elon Musk's offer because he valued, he valued the company at $44 billion, even though everybody else, including Twitter, Value the company at $25 billion. That is the impact of him going for the meme price is that he raised about $20 billion for the price that he would have to pay. And then he said, yeah, I'll do it. And over the course of the next several months, that that happened back in April. Yeah. Elon Musk and Twitter just like kept going at it because Elon Musk had like instant buyer's remorse and has been trying to get out of it ever since. I, I don't understand why he like signed this deal before doing the due diligence of actually like looking into what he was buying and like looking under the hood and all this stuff. Because Twitter does not make money. He's bad at business, I think, is it's, my was my original thing. And I think that is maybe what it is. I mean, it's when you're the wealthiest person in the world, what do they do? They go out, buy whatever, a sports team or something. You had Jay Leno just like, is like, I'm just going to own every car that was ever made. Those are the kind of things it's you It's more do. money than anybody could ever possibly use. Or like, yeah, I'll burn a large amount of it to make a yeah. very expensive joke. Yeah, it's like, what does he care? Yeah. So uh, it, it will turn out that he actually does care. But um, this <laughs> yes. is kind of the mentality though. I, <laughs> the narrator. I, <laughs> it turned out he did care. He would care a lot. And Elon Musk, I mean, you know, he loves Twitter. That's his like favorite toy. He's like already a tech guy in these spaces and whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I think it made sense to him. Also, it turned out that while doing this like back and forth, there was a lot of like litigation going on with Twitter over trying to get out of the sale. His text messages were like subpoenaed. Yeah. And there were a lot of text messages with uh, uh, one of his ex-wives who was saying that uh, she was upset that sort of like right-wing onion uh, uh, alternative, the Babylon Bee, oh, yeah. was suspended on Twitter because they were deliberately making like jokes, mocking a, was it a trans politician? I don't even remember exactly, but yeah, it was explicitly like making fun of them for being trans. 
and Twitter suspended the account and was like, you're going to have to delete that tweet before we unlock your account. And Elon Musk in these tweets with his wife, she brings that up and is like, this is like gone too far. You have to like, you should buy Twitter to end wokeism. In these texts also, she mentions that you should buy Twitter and then shut it down because Twitter sucks. And Elon Musk kind of responds like, like, what a prophecy. (laughs) So anyway, so he is not able to get out of the deal, of course, uh, obviously. His defense publicly was that there were too many bots at Twitter. The company shouldn't be worth this much because most of the people that use it aren't even real people. I think it's so hilarious that his argument is it's valued so highly because there's so many bots. And it's like, well, no, it's valued so highly because you made a stupid joke of it. You made a meme. (laughs) They told you, sir, sir, it's only 25 billion. (laughs) You're like, no, let me make the weed joke. But eventually last month, the deal closed. So on Wednesday, October 26th, Elon Musk enters Twitter headquarters to finalize the deal. He's not officially in charge yet, but he enters. Do you remember this, Evan? He walks in. He had a sink. Carrying a sink. Yeah, like uh, not even, (laughs) the dude can't help himself but make jokes. So yeah, so you're probably asking, wait a minute, I'm sorry, I'm confused. Why did he bring a sink in? And I'm sorry, the answer is very disappointing. It's not good. (laughs) He, (laughs) He posted on Twitter the video of him entering the Twitter office with the sink saying, Entering Twitter headquarters, let that sink in. Yeah, all right. yeah, all right. That that was the kickoff for this entire thing. <laughs> An auspicious beginning. Yes, and we are now going to enter into the day by day timeline of what has happened since. Thursday, October twenty seventh, day one. Elon Musk announces his acquisition of Twitter. He controls it now. He kind of uh, inaugurates himself by posting the tweet, the bird is freed. That was this kind of like thing, like way of saying basically end of moderation. We're ending all of the censorship from the woke uh, leftists that that own Twitter. I realize the bird is the, the Twitter bird because the logo of Twitter is a bird. Yeah. And that's what is being freed. But I do like the idea of him saying like flipping the bird. Gang, go to town. You can start flipping the bird all you want. I mean, that is basically what happened because... Functionally, yes. Way worse than flipping the bird. (laughs) Right, because he had been, you know, for the past several months, basically, like, stating his case that Twitter should be a place where there is no moderation at all beyond what the United States government would consider to be a violation of free speech. Yeah. Never mind the fact that Twitter operates in many nations outside of the United States. Like that actually has gotten him to hot water because he thinks the United States is the only country that exists. Whereas you have a ton of EU countries that are now coming after him because he's hundred percent violating laws in a bunch of different EU countries. Yes. And we will get to that soon. Oh yeah. Sorry, I realize I'm jumping the gun, but boy, there's so many guns to jump. <laughs> I well, every there's so many threads. So reports come out from inside of Twitter that Elon Musk shows up, takes over, immediately fires the CEO, the CFO, and the head of legal policy, trust and safety, who was the one who made the decision to ban Donald Trump from Twitter. She's been really getting a lot of hate from, you know, a particular type of person. And there was just tons of rejoicing from his fans who believe that this was evidence that like Twitter is ours now, like unleash anti-Semitic slurs, anti-black slurs, threats to people's well-being, very racist caricatures of actual human beings that exist. You know, these kinds of things. I mean, this one here, I mean, this is a noose, like literally just people posting the N-word, like endlessly hashtagging it, just straight up like saying that they want to kill various groups of people you can imagine. 
or, you know, various slurs against like <clears throat> Jewish people and like all kind of anti-Semitic stuff. Lots of calls for killing people for sure. Yeah. Immediately it explodes with this. The like, I mean, it's like 4chan out there or 8chan. Yeah, basically a lot of these people took this as license to make it very clear to other Twitter users that they hate that this is no longer a space that they will be, <laughs> be comfortable in. And I think it was it was just a way of, you know, that act of saying, like, I'm going to burn it down a little bit because yeah. like the people I don't like have been having a good time over here and I don't like it. So regardless of what Elon Musk meant by free speech, it's clear that a significant portion of his supporters they have a very specific idea of what that means. And it means yeah. hate speech. Like we yeah. are going to engage in that and just flood the drown everybody out with it. There's a reason that I like we were able to engage with like legit Nazis back in like the 2010s is like on Twitter, that stuff was just allowed. And there was like this desire to return to that where mm -hmm. Nazis would just show up and start harassing you on Twitter all the time. So just imagine that that is immediately like the thing that kicks off Elon Musk's Twitter. Literally like my timeline was flooded with stuff like this. Friday, October 28th, day two. By Friday, the next day, a lot of Twitter employees who are also just on Twitter. So all of a sudden, like they're coming out to be like, yo, here's what's going on in the office. They start posting about all the changes that Elon Musk is making. Around noon, engineers were told that they had to show Elon Musk all the code that they had written. Go to your GitHub, show me all your kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so to do that, they had to print out 50 to 60 pages of the most recent code that they had written for Twitter so that it could be reviewed, so Elon Musk could review it. I mean, I... I, somebody's supposed to review this stuff. I love the idea of like, this is a tech guy. Also, print out a bunch of code onto paper. Yeah, onto so paper, I'm going to evaluate it. it that way. Yeah. Like as if it's even like meaningful, like a meaningful way evaluating the code. Yeah. Keep in mind also, there are like 7,000 people who work for Twitter at this point. I'm sure not every employee was a coder, but. But the point is like, I, this is just an absurd request to make. Yeah. And they realized by the end of the day that this was not only just a bad idea, but also like a potentially like dangerous idea to just start printing out all the code and just like sure. not being able to account for it all. Yeah. So then by the end of the day, employees were told to shred all the paper <laughs> that they had printed. This is the electric cars guy, right? This is the guy who is like luxury green tech. We're all going to we're going to have like Hyperloop you know, shred Half a million pieces of paper for me, please. Yeah, I mean, well, that <laughs> Hyperloop is dead now, but it did its job of destroying any kind of public transit. No, but uh, that's the thing. This guy is not actually like there's so much of this talk of green tech. This guy caring about anything other than being funny and liked by teenagers on the Internet. Uh, yeah. He cares about none of it. Fittingly, this is also the day when Elon Musk tweeted out comedy is now legal on Twitter which as far as anybody can tell is a reference to the Babylon Bee now being unsuspended from Twitter. Thank God. I, I just, I've been <laughs> logging for Joel Berry's hilarious commentary for days. Yeah, that, that dude is like, he's gone off the deep end. He's, 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 he's lost his mind at this point. <laughs> Saturday, October 29th, day three. David, what kind of comedy uh, were people making <laughs> now that comedy was legal? <laughs> <laughs> Not good comedy. I will tell you that Yoel Roth, the former head of Trust and Safety, he wasn't former yet, but on October 29th, he was still the head of Trust and Safety. Yeah. He was like one of the top executives. Like Elon Musk, like really liked this guy. And, and th this guy kept going out for the next several days. 
to kind of be the guy who's like, look, I'm one of you. I'm a Twitter person. I'm an executive here. Everything's fine. Trying to calm everyone down. We realize that there's been days nonstop of just people spamming like hate speech and like saying that they want to like execute minorities and things like that. <laughs> Not as fine as happened, but it's like, we got it under control. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we've got, well, we're dealing with it. We're going to delete all of this stuff. It's going to get reported. Yeah. Yeah. Right. According to Bloomberg, they recorded a 1,300% surge in just use of the N-word in tweets since news that Elon Musk took over Twitter. It's a little upsetting because uh, 1,300% suggests that there's actually maybe a pretty large number of tweets (laughs) that still had it uh, even before then, but now it's uh, clearly like increased for sure. Sunday, October 30th, day four. By this time, Elon Musk starts tweeting Hillary Clinton conspiracy theories about the attack Um, on Paul Pelosi. Yeah. It's a mentally unstable man came and tried to murder the Pelosi family. No, he did not want to murder Nancy Pelosi. He wanted to break her legs to send a message to the Democrats in Congress that this is what happens, you know, to to just to Democrats. Democrats are drinking blood and, and, you know, adrenochrone and whatever we talked about in our QAnon episodes. Yeah. Nancy Pelosi wasn't home. He attacked Paul Pelosi, her husband, the like self-defense mode went up of like people being like, okay, well, sure. Really, actually, this guy, he couldn't possibly have been some kind of QAnon MAGA guy. And actually, he was like Paul Pelosi's gay lover and all that of this That was the stuff. thing I had heard, which, yeah, there's like the the idea of like, mm, San Francisco, maybe they're all gay. And uh, yeah. that's the reason why the murder was almost happening. Yeah, it was like an absurd conspiracy theory. And uh, so Elon Musk starts tweeting this out to Hillary Clinton. Because like, why? Remember why? when you drank adrenochrome and baby blood? <laughs> Remember that? Here's a here's an article about it, Hillary. <laughs> For the record, the publication that that posted this conspiracy theory also wrote that Hillary Clinton died in on September 11th, and that the Hillary Clinton we've seen since then is a body double, and that he, formerly Kanye West, uh, was appointed to a position that does not exist in the Department of the Interior under Donald Trump. <laughs> I, I just don't get it. Like, is it, a, is it supposed to be funny? He deleted it like very soon after. People started like fact-checking him hard because he's now the permanent main character of Twitter forever now. I mean, here's the thing. Like with buying Twitter... If it's for the lulls, it doesn't really matter because there's also material reality in which that lulling, that's not right. Lulzing. Lulzing happens, uh, which is that (laughs) you are taking a megaphone to QAnon conspiracy theories or I guess burning your own money and laughing when you do it. Well, I mean, we can uh, we can start talking about the financials behind this, because it turns out that buying Twitter was very expensive even for Elon Musk to do. And part of the arrangement that he entered into was that he would put Put up his stock in Tesla as collateral in order to take out loans. He had to take out loans to buy Twitter. Part of the very deal- funny joke, sir. I love the joke. <laughs> Keep up with the joke, sir. So as part of that deal, if Tesla's stock starts going down, devaluing the stock that he put up for collateral, he has to put up more of his stock for collateral, which would then mean that it's actually possible that he could lose his uh, controlling interest in Tesla. Now, Tesla is not Twitter, you might say. Like, whatever happens at Twitter isn't going to affect Tesla, except that it does. As Elon Musk starts posting stuff like this, Tesla's stock starts to drop because Twitter is not the only brand that is being damaged here. Elon Musk's entire brand is being damaged here. Like, Elon Musk 
within a few days starts seeming like he's kind of going, you know, off the deep end. I'm sure that the anxiety, like the stress of all of this, I don't think he wanted to buy Twitter, at least not for that much money. Yeah, I don't think that anybody really knows um, whatever William Clay Ford Jr. or whoever is like the current head of the Ford family who like owns a good chunk of like Ford Motor Company. Yeah. We Everybody knows Elon Musk. He's a celebrity, right? He's made himself very visible in like in SpaceX, in Tesla, and now in Twitter, where his antics are going to reflect very directly because it's like this guy may, is very hands on with all of his projects. Monday, October 31st. Day five. So by day five, Twitter is starting to step up enforcement against various extremism and misinformation and stuff that's coming out because it turns out that the moderation that Twitter had actually exists for a good reason. And that over the course of the like nearly two decades <laughs> that Twitter had been around, they developed these policies like on purpose. Because they're woke. Well, it's not even it's not because it's a woke you know, they're, they're woke because they, they or whatever. The truth. It's because Twitter makes its money off of advertisers and advertisers are businessmen and having people like yell the N word and like call for genocide is not good for business. You don't want to be associated with those people. Yeah. So along with that, also on this day, we start seeing that Tweets involving ivermectin, which was known for like sort of an alternative to the vaccine uh, for COVID. Those had jumped up 271% on Friday before starting to decline again because their uh, Twitter started cracking down on this stuff. And this has made some of his supporters very upset. Probably the most famous instance of this from day five is Mark Fincham, the Arizona Secretary of State candidate was locked out of his Twitter account because of some things like this that he had been talking about. And he started going on Twitter, complaining about how he had been banned by Elon Musk and Elon Musk was a hypocrite and a liar and all of these things. And that built up a lot of people being like, yeah, Elon Musk is lying. Like, this is not what we signed up for. This is just more censorship. More N-words, please. Thank <laughs> you, sir. <laughs> so you can't please everybody, which is like, obviously you can't please everybody. I don't know if you guys are read, there was this article, you know, the welcome to hell, Elon yes, yes, article. That's a great article. So The Verge put out an article called welcome to hell, Elon, that basically outlines the fact that the service that Twitter provides is essentially content moderation. It provides you a safe place to go and have conversations, express your thoughts and things like that without expecting to be harassed or drowned out in spam, whatever things that make a space unlikable. That's what every social media site is so like basically is doing at the end of the day. And yeah. that cannot happen if you as the the company don't draw some lines about what you are and are not going to allow. And it can't work if you're actively opposed to that mission, <laughs> like as a as a governing principle. Yeah. So all you're gonna have is a 4chan or an 8kun, which we talked about in our QAnon episodes, which just become like cesspools of misinformation, scams, get rich quick stuff, dr just drowning out any earnest attempts at community building. Tuesday, November 1st, day six. By this point, like I said, Twitter makes money off ads. Businessmen do not want to have ads on Twitter anymore. General Motors suspends ads on Twitter on this day. IPG, one of the major ad agencies in the USA, their clients include American Express, Coca-Cola, Fitbit, GoPro, Levi, Mattel, Johnson & Johnson, Spotify, like big, these are like significant names. 
they start recommending to their clients that they temporarily pause all media on Twitter. To my knowledge, that temporary pause is still ongoing. Because yeah, Twitter has gained a horrible reputation in the last six days. So like nobody wants to see a bunch of like slurs next to a Pfizer ad, which I've got here in our document. So this is also the day when the verification system at Twitter comes into question. One of the best things about Twitter is the verification system in my mind. Yeah, This is where if you are a, a person of note, you're a politician, a celebrity, some kind of public figure, journalist, something. The official outlet for something. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah an official brand page. Twitter will give you a verification badge. It's a little blue check mark. That is a good way of distinguishing, you know, that if somebody goes online, for example, and says, hi, it's me, Elon Musk or Donald Trump or uh, the yodeling boy from YouTube or whatever. So many people would pretend to be the yodeling boy from, <laughs> from YouTube if they didn't have this. Right, yeah. From Ellen. <laughs> so this is a really important feature. And this is one that Elon Musk says has to go. This is literally what he said. I'm going to read this language warning, I suppose. Twitter's current lords and peasants system for who has or doesn't have a blue check mark is bullshit. Power to the people. Blue for $8 a month. <laughs> Sorry, powers of the people pay me money. <laughs> blue for blue for $8 a month. Well, there's this perception that it's like, oh, what? This person is like an expert in you know, in their field, an expert in anthropology or a verified credentialed reporter yeah. or whatever. These are the elitists. They have their blue check marks. It's a status symbol. And it's like, no, it's not. That serves a very important function that allows Twitter to run. There is a certain status associated with it just in terms of this is a person who people might want to impersonate. David, they, they lord it over us. The yodeling boy from Ellen is lording <laughs> his blue check mark over us. <laughs> Looking down his perfumed nose with his blue check mark. So Elon Musk's counter to this, to this made up problem, this is not a real problem with Twitter. This is not stopping Twitter from functioning, is to now paywall access to a blue check mark, to verification that you are who you are for $8 a month. So to clarify, in the old system that has been around for years, you could reach out to Twitter, the site would verify your credentials, uh, your identity, and give your account a blue check mark to, to show that. Elon's new system that he's proposing would eliminate that entirely. You would just pay Twitter $8 and they would give you a blue check mark without any actual verification of your identity. So like even even calling this a verification system is honestly just a lie because the only thing the blue check mark actually proves is that you paid eight dollars and there's no method in place to verify who anyone is. Like I, at first, people were like a little bit uh, vague on this. and They're like, no, of course there will be. But Elon Musk came out and he was like, no, absolutely not. Just pay eight bucks. It's like all that really matters. And when your platform includes just like the highest paid celebrities in the world and like heads of state and multinational corporations whose brand security is like tied to like international relations, like a, a legitimate verification system is like vital. That's the only reason that these people use Twitter in the first place. And that's really the reason why Twitter took off is because those people wanted to be here. So like without that system, the whole social network is just kind of like useless. 
But the the new Twitter blue, Elon Musk's new Twitter blue, though, will also uh, do some different things. Like it'll give you priority in replies, priority in mentions and in searches. The goal of this is that Twitter will basically be unusable for anybody who does not sign up for for this program, which is called Twitter Blue. So verification is a part of Twitter Blue, which he says is to defeat spam. But um, I will tell you that spammers <laughs> will absolutely pay eight dollars to try to spam people for thousands of dollars. Elon, you should know this. You spend 44 million for a joke. People will pay eight dollars for a joke. <laughs> right. Yeah. A hundred percent. This made a lot of people very upset. One notable person is Stephen King. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, originally, the idea was $20 a month. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can you imagine? It was originally what was floated. Stephen King says, $20 a month to keep my blue check. He says, they should pay me. If that gets instituted, <laughs> I'm gone like Enron. This is what Stephen King says. <laughs> Which, yeah, I mean, what? Stephen King, one of the most famous authors living right now. Yeah is writing on your website for free. You want to charge him to do that? To make content. You want to charge to make people content to for your website? content for your website that relies on people making content? Right. So yeah. Elon Musk replies to Stephen King on Twitter saying, we need to pay the bill somehow. Twitter can't mm. rely entirely on advertisers. How about $8? As far as we can tell publicly, this is the origin of changing the price from $20 to $8. Is that Stephen King? Is that he was haggling with Stephen King on Twitter? This is literally where it came from. It's just like, new number, I've decided. What do you think, sir, Mr. Stephen King? I, I assume that behind closed doors, there were conversations about this, but from the public perspective, it really seems like he just made it up on the spot. David, I don't know, because like, I feel like every time we look into this or there's like news <laughs> coverage about what's going on, it's like, maybe there's like adults somewhere. And it turns out there are no adults. We can talk about that more. That, that is, uh, that's going to become very important as we go. Yeah. I want to talk about this comment, though, that we have to pay the bills somehow at Twitter. Like I said, Twitter is not a profitable company. Why do you think they were trying to sell it? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's why they're trying to sell yeah. it. But it, here's here's the weird like paradox that's at play here is that Elon Musk shows up being like, I believe in Twitter as the public, the, the town square of the world. And also... We're going to go bankrupt if we can't monetize it. Mm -hmm. Those are not compatible with one another. Yeah. If you truly think that Twitter or, or any social media or anything is like a public utility or like a public good, the motive to make that <laughs> run is in direct competition to the motive to make it profitable. Yeah. If you believed in sort of like democratizing that kind of stuff, like it's a public utility, you'd nationalize it. You wouldn't right. say I, a singular, very rich man should run it. But at that point, that is a profit motive. That's not a that's not a public good motive. <laughs> right. But also, like if Elon Musk believed that he's like, I'm the I'm the richest man in the world. I can run Twitter at a loss and I don't care. Sure. He's not even doing that. He's trying to make it a, a profitable for himself, which he kind of has to do, because, again, he is lost a lot of money and stands to lose more money because, again, as Twitter suffers, as a brand, Elon Musk suffers as a brand, which means that Tesla suffers as a brand, yeah. which means that Elon Musk's finances suffer. I mean, it's a very authoritarian impulse for sure, because at <laughs> that point it's like, well, no, it's like he didn't want it to free it. Like, yes, that's his like public facing a position. But in reality, when you start looking at this stuff, it's more like I actually just want to be the policeman. I think all of the liberals and the wokes are the yeah. ones who are policing me. I want to be the policeman. Thank you very much. I mean, and, and that really is what it feels like is basically like, I just want to, I want to be the one who has the final say. 
I'm tired of people making fun of me on Twitter or challenging me on Twitter or whatever, or, or canceling my favorite Twitter. In a Twitter poll set up by one of Elon Musk's associates, Jason Calacanis, who has been very supportive of him, it received about 2 million votes. The poll was to find out who would pay to receive the blue check mark. 82% yeah. of the responses were that they would not pay anything. And it is only November 1st. We're only on day six. <gasps> Wednesday, November 2nd, day seven. All right. So by this point on Wednesday evening, November 2nd, it was reported by Bloomberg that Elon Musk planned to cut 3,700 jobs at Twitter approximately. Which How's is about $8 a month going, gang? <laughs> yeah, right. $8. That's another thing. $8 a month? That's not like... What money do you think you're going to see from that? Like that's yeah. going to fund all. I mean, this is an act of desperation. Like I know yeah. I'm like acting like what a stupid move. This he's doing it because like what else are you going to do? Right? Like he's backed into a corner. He brought the sink in, walked in, immediately saw the finances. Was like, well, <laughs> I wish you had asked dang. to show this to me before I <laughs> before I signed this. Why didn't you tell me to ask you? <laughs> so the other way of you know recouping some money is basically slicing the company in half. Employees would find out who survived the layoffs on Friday morning at 9 a.m., meaning that this was less than two days' notice. That same day, Twitter's chief accounting officer, Robert Caden, was fired. Now, you don't want your accounting team to suddenly start falling apart when you're about to fire half the company and presumably have to give them some kind of severance. Yeah. <laughs> So there was a lot of speculation about why the timing of that worked out the way that mm. it did. We don't know for certain anything, Some but it was plausible just, deniability when people don't get paid. <laughs> according to Robert Caden, yeah. um, he was able to get things arranged, get things in order uh, to some degree, you know, to, to help keep employees safe when they were eventually laid off um, in two yeah. days. Another way that Elon Musk was trying to recoup some money was through the strategy that I'm going to call negging your customers and just just <laughs> mocking them out in public on Twitter into paying you $8. Literally, yeah. he was just quote tweeting everybody he could who was criticizing him saying things like, your feedback is appreciated. Now pay $8. Or telling people, posting like horrible like Wojak memes of like, you know, people being like, I don't want to pay $8. And then just like totally owning them being like, oh, you'll pay $8 for your latte. We will yeah. pay $8 to please save my company. Yeah, you'll pay eight bucks for, yeah, for a coffee at Starbucks, which like, first of all, I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> also, people go to Starbucks to buy coffee because they'd like to get caffeinated, not because they, <laughs> they want to engage in the health site. We do that for free because it's free. <laughs> Thursday, November 3rd, day eight. This is what I'm going to call the beginning of the war. Beginning of the war. War of whom against who? War. That's a pretty loaded term, David. I don't know about that. <laughs> that term's got a lot of baggage, actually, David. I feel like it's kind of problematic. A lot of baggage. So at this point, it's pretty unanimous among Twitter's user base that paying for verification will destroy the site and just contribute to the spread of misinformation. Yeah. So, so to prove that point, a lot of people who were already verified like actual, you know, celebrities, experts in their field, journalists, whatever, decided to change their profile pictures, their names, model, make their entire Twitter profile resemble Elon Musk's official profile as closely as possible. 
and not even like start spreading misinformation, but just posting things to troll him. Like Simon yeah. Young posted, I've made a huge mistake renaming himself Elon Musk. And of course, he has the verification badge because yeah. he was verified for being Simon Young, not for being Elon, Elon Musk, Musk, of course. Sure. They were valiantly putting their Twitter accounts on the line to get banned for like, we're already seeing where this is going I'll, I'll sacrifice myself to to pwn the man on the way out yeah to make the point which is anybody can pretend to be anybody or you know uh, yeah. you can start causing problems and yeah. people were not doing it to like at legitimately cause problems at this point it was really like more of an act of protest just to show like isn't this going to get confusing and very frustrating very quickly yeah so meanwhile, according to leaks from inside the company, Elon Musk was ordering employees to start working 12 hour shifts, seven days a week. The previous day, he had ended the work from home agreement, which was also very strange because a lot of people had that built into, into contracts. Some people did not physically live where the offices were. Can you believe it? Elon Musk violating labor contracts? I can't imagine. Yes, yes, this is all. He's so all people day's focused. Work. He loves people. He just wants the world to be better. Now coming to work against contract. <laughs> <laughs> so I, a lot of problems started mounting. And all of this was kind of like to meet the deadline to get the new Twitter blue out. It needed to be out in time for the midterms, which creating a new system that allows for the proliferation of misinformation during an election. I was going to say, why Why that date? Why did he care? Nobody actually knows why, but it was it was really pushed hard that we have to meet this deadline. A lot of people started speculating about this because that's very weird. Yeah. We have to implement this we new verification <laughs> system in, term, in time for the elections. How many people, I feel like I definitely saw people being like, Elon Musk is a Russian asset. Oh yeah, conspiracy <laughs> theories started flying all over the place. Elon Musk is deliberately trying to tank yeah. Twitter. Elon Musk is, yeah, a Russian operative. He is a, a, a Republican operative or something. He's trying to destroy, you know, all these things. I don't believe honestly, that. Yeah, that's honestly very, I think that makes Elon Musk look way better uh, than he is. <laughs> it sounds like he has a plan. I think he has too much to lose to to believe that he's intentionally trying to make Twitter worse. I think it's just not, I think his plan was just flawed from the outset. So employees, not only were they trying to get to meet this deadline, this very weird deadline, but also they had to find $1 billion in annual cost saving with the looming threat that half of you will be fired. So like know, you better right? make yourself useful. Hey, how about all of you fire yourselves by we just giving you the most awful and toxic? <laughs> well, and that's the other thing people are saying, like speculating is like, is he intentionally yeah. trying to make it a horrible place to work so people will leave and not and we won't have to, you know, give them severance? Yeah. Yeah. Again, I, I don't know about that, but you may be asking, Evan, you have been asking a lot of this stuff doesn't seem fully legal. Uh -huh, wait, let me let me let me actually ask that one. <laughs> Hey, David, uh, a lot of this doesn't seem fully legal. Yes. Uh, what what business savvy you have, Evan? In particular, um, it is not legal for a corporation of this size to just trigger massive layoffs of like thousands of people yeah. with only two days notice. According to the Federal Warn Act, it requires 60 days notice before you do layoffs like this because, I mean... You're just going to like flood the, the system <laughs> with, with a bunch of unemployed people, a bunch of people who are unemployed and all this stuff. Yeah. Also, I mean, it's also incredibly inhumane. Ex exactly. The American government is 
you can say a lot of things about American legal system, but it does have some protections for people. Yes. So on this day, November 3rd is when a class action lawsuit was filed of former Twitter employees. Keep in mind, everybody hasn't even been fired yet. The layoffs haven't even happened yet. And similar things are going on in Ireland because don't forget, I keep reiterating, Twitter does not only exist in the United States of America. They exist globally. They have offices all over the place. Turns out that there are laws that are being violated there like in the EU and India, I believe also. But let's get to the big day. Friday, November 4th, day nine. On November 4th, half of Twitter became unemployed. This is, you know, thousands of people. Uh, at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, employees were, they got kicked off video calls. Their emails were shut down while they were working. In a matter of minutes, this is, I've, I've assembled a list of what Twitter lost from what I know. Oh my gosh. They gutted their content moderation team. The director of software engineering was fired, who had been sort of making complaints about bias on Twitter. The entire machine learning ethics, transparency, and accountability team. Evan, you remember our episode where we talked about artificial intelligence and the weird worship of it? Oh no, not AI God, baby. No, no, no. These are the people who work to make sure that all of our criticisms we had in that podcast episode yeah. are taken seriously. Twitter also lost the approximately 100-person PR and communication team, which was shrunk to Ooh. two people. <laughs> PR is not going to be really important for Twitter going forward. <laughs> The curation team who tackled misinformation and made sure that, you know, there was appropriate context for the explore page for, you know, political events, disasters, uh, things like this, um, fact checking. The accessibility experience team, all the employee resource groups, the entire human rights team. Oh, great. (laughs) And some of you may be saying the human rights team, what kind of crazy California job is that? These are the people who made sure that Twitter was following the UN guiding principles because, again, ISIS and Al-Qaeda and various terrorist groups around the globe are trying to recruit on Twitter. The bird is freed. The bird is free. The bird is freed. Comedy is legal again. <laughs> like, I, I mean, this is very into comedy. They're very funny. <laughs> For a while, Evan and I just followed like Al-Qaeda on social media because they were just like posting like, look at us. We're in a pool. Look at us. We're over here. Like, oh, uh, uh, Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Taliban. Oh. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. Right. It wasn't Al-Qaeda. It was yeah, the yeah. Taliban. Following You're right. Like, tali- like the Taliban's like official Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like in- they were on Instagram also and things like that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if you remember our Cambridge Analytica episode, we talked about how Facebook was in this position, this this awkward position of trying to uphold freedom of speech while also recognizing that Facebook was being used in order to orchestrate a genocide. Yeah. And Facebook decided free speech trumps that. And Many people died. Yeah, that's in Myanmar. That there's a like really intense civil war. It's picking up there, actually. You know what? If if our listeners aren't familiar with what's going on in Myanmar, it actually is incredibly important. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it comes up just kind of in our conversation. Like it came up in the 3D print gun uh, episode. It came up in the Cambridge Analytica episode. Yeah, we gave them a little bit of a shout out in the 3D printed gun episode because they've yeah. been using lots of FGC nines. Uh, they're 3D printed guns. Boy, it's gonna be a long episode, David. I I'm know. Just I'm so sorry. Right now. Like we're about two hours into it. I didn't mean to. I'm like, what should we talk about me and Mar? <laughs> All right, we gotta we gotta go double time. So not only that, but Sarah Personette, Twitter's chief revenue officer, walks out on the spot when all this goes down. She was very optimistic. Yeah. Not anymore. From the time that layoffs begin that morning to 1 p.m. Eastern time, Tesla loses 1.7 billion dollars. 
again, this is not Twitter, but Tesla. Twitter, Twitter is not publicly traded. So at this point, people are really starting to recognize that Twitter and Tesla's success are intertwined. So for Tesla's competitors, it's actually in their best interest for Twitter to suffer, yeah. which is why immediately car manufacturers like GM, Volkswagen, Audi, Lamborghini, Porsche, Bentley, all suspended advertising on Twitter because they're like, I'm not giving money to Tesla. And Elon Musk is reasonably becoming very frustrated by the way that things are, are shaking out. <laughs> and that evening he posts this, Twitter has had a massive drop in revenue due to activist groups pressuring advertisers even though nothing has changed with content moderation and we did everything we could to appease the activists. Extremely messed up. They're trying to destroy free speech in America. This sounds like a Donald Very Trump. Very messed up. Yeah. <laughs> Extremely messed up. Shameful. Yeah, my, my favorite element of this is that Twitter has a, a feature called Birdwatch, now called Community Notes because Elon thought that Birdwatch was a dumb name. What? Community Notes is a very dumb name compared to Birdwatch. <laughs> At least Birdwatch is kind of interesting. Birdwatch will provide um, basically fact check tweets. And Elon Musk's tweet <laughs> is fact checked by Twitter. It, it says, <laughs> basically it, it corrects him adding all these links about why people are leaving Twitter. It's not because activist groups were pressuring them. They pointed out very clearly why they're leaving and they think it's yeah. a toxic space. Oh my gosh. What head rolled after that? Oh, yeah. I, th that continued to happen. People at Twitter were like fact-checking a lot of Elon Musk's claims. Um, this then triggered some more of Elon Musk's supporters, such as Mike Davis. He, I believe he used to work for Mitch McConnell, if I remember correctly. He suggests okay. to Elon Musk, I'm going to read this directly. Dear Elon Musk, again, this is on Twitter. You have nearly 114 million Twitter followers Name and shame the advertisers who are succumbing to the advertiser boycotts so we can counter boycott them and get your $8 monthly subscriptions going ASAP so we can start to make up for lost revenue now. Elon Musk responds by saying, thank you. A thermonuclear name and shame is exactly what will happen if this continues. So far, Elon Musk's main recourse has been if people don't want to pay eight <laughs> bucks to use Twitter, I'm going to mock them. Just and, if, everybody. and if advertisers don't want to advertise on Twitter, I'm going to do a thermonuclear name and shame, literally just attack their, their companies, their brands, yeah. uh, so that they lose money. And then we'll see who, need, who needs who. Saturday, November 5th, day 10. By the next day, Mike Davis uh, went to Fox News to keep arguing that advertisers who leave Twitter should face legal consequences and said that when Republicans reclaim the House and Senate after the midterms, companies like United Airlines should plan to sit before an intense congressional oversight committee. When asked what crime United committed, he responded, that's how principled conservatives who love to lose think. The new right plays by the left's rules. And basically he's like, Look, if they're gonna, they're they're whatever rules the left broke, the left they had not no involvement in companies deciding to not be on Twitter anymore. That was purely, you know, all those like big communists who run gigantic corporations. Yeah, <laughs> if they're gonna break the rules by leaving Twitter, which is a completely legitimate thing for them to do if they don't think it's good for their business, then like we're gonna break the rules by having tribunals if they want to not pay us money to advertise this stuff then i guess open seasons <laughs> on completely destroying capitalism <laughs> this started like a thing people were calling for this this all fizzled out in a, in a few days meanwhile elon musk is haggling with individual complaints on twitter um literally just people on twitter trying to be like can we make twitter more like youtube what, what would you like twitter to be which like 
kind of in theory sounds like, oh, he's going out and just asking people, but it really just comes across like, like Glenn Gary, <laughs> Glenn Ross. Yeah. <laughs> like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, like uh, Jack Lemon going around being like, what can I do for you, man? Come on. What's it going to take to make this sale? Come on. My daughter's in the hospital. What are you going to do for me? It doesn't instill confidence. No, it does not. Meanwhile, to that, former and current Twitter employees start creating a, a support network, trying to help each other find jobs, particularly people who were in the USA on a visa or like are pregnant or have uh, illness or things like that. But it turns out a ray of hope because that night, former Twitter employees say that the company is reaching out to them to ask people to reapply for their jobs. And they have until the end of the weekend to accept. Oh, okay. So they're they're going to undo the bad stuff they did. Very good. Very good. Not quite. It turns out two things are true. <laughs> One, a lot of those employees were essential for the website and the company to function, especially while Elon Musk is trying to implement a ton of changes. Yeah. And it turns out it's very hard to evaluate 7,000 positions in a matter of days to figure out which jobs could be cut. So I don't know if you remember, Evan, back on day two, when Twitter employees were saying that they were being asked to print out pages of their code. Yeah. Apparently, that was how they were going to try to figure out who should be cut or who shouldn't be cut. This code looked pretty good. Keep them on. <laughs> like, there's no way you, you could actually make a proper valuation, which was what was being reported from people from within Twitter, is that it was a there was no way to do this correctly. Yeah. Because point number two, it turns out that, more alarming, a lot of employees were fired by mistake. <laughs> This was also reported by Bloomberg. It turned out that... Oh my gosh, this is such a trash fire. <laughs> yeah, it turned out that a lot of emails were sent out by mistake to people and were, they were now being asked to please return like ASAP because their jobs were essential. And it turns out not a lot of people took them up on the offer aside from mostly it seemed like people who needed to keep their visas was, was the main group of people. Yeah. And aside from that, Twitter's just been seeing more people quitting, which is kind of the rule of thumb with layoffs. If you fire X number of people, you could expect half that number to just flee. You know, they want to flee a sinking ship. Yeah, they think it's it's dangerous. Maybe you've fired their friends and they don't like the workspace anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the other thing, again, I keep doing this. I feel like I'm, I'm slowly going crazy here, Evan. David, I, I wish this was, uh, there's a video component <laughs> of this podcast because David's over here gesticulating like he's Jerry Seinfeld or- I got all uh, my papers here. Because here's the next thing. <laughs> David's got the wall and he's, he's Charlie just pointing at it. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Uh, Always Sunny. From Always Sunny. <laughs> so if you recall the class action lawsuit from earlier, it turns out that under the Warren Act, a business's size cannot lay off 33% of their staff with that uh, short notice. Yeah. So the new fear is actually that Twitter is going to have to force employees to come back to work by claiming that they're just complying with the government, which means that anyone who doesn't return will be considered to have abandoned their job and then yeah. deprived benefits. I can't imagine any, like, unless you are just like super simping for big business and like abusing labor. I can't imagine that you would look at that and be like, yeah, no, this is legit. <laughs> it's, a, it's a huge mess. There's so many yeah. legal questions out. There's It's just kind of chaos. And in the midst of this, Jack Dorsey, co-founder of Twitter and previous- Descends from the mountain that he's been doing meditation on for the past week and a half. Basically, he starts apologizing for selling Twitter to Elon Musk and be, being a part of that process that he he's starting to regret that, even though initially he was like all in on like Elon Musk is going to take Twitter to the stars and whatever. I wonder if he was just kind of hoping that that would be the case. So that way he could get out. <laughs> he's like, 
I'd rather make my hemp garments and you know, <laughs> just chill, be a crunch, my crunchy uh, granola hippie self that I'd like to be. Well, that's kind of the weird thing about running something like this is you kind of have to be like, I, I don't mean this in a pejorative way at all, but like you just kind of have to be like a little bit mad yeah. to decide that you're going to run a social media site. Yeah. Because what is it, what is demanded of you is just not normal. There is this like bizarre weight of ba like what we were saying, where it's like, how do you decide what is appropriate and what is not appropriate when your social media network basically is where people talk? It's almost like it should be a national utility. <laughs> I mean, at this point, that kind of seems like the thing, but the government doesn't yeah. know how to regulate this stuff. I, I, mean, yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily know how the government should regulate this stuff. You would hand it to a bunch of people who don't know what to do with it. Yeah. If the, if the people who supposedly are like the few people who should know how to do it, don't know how to do it, of course, it's going to be a mess if you like nationalize it and be like, great, who knows how to run this thing? I don't even know what that would look like exactly. But but like, I don't know, like the NHS, like that could get really like if, you, if you're like, we could make Twitter like the NHS. Everybody's going to be like, well, the NHS is like real nasty because of austerity right now. It's yeah. not good. It's just kind of a mess. I don't think Elon Musk appreciated that that was like the position in society that he was putting himself into by doing something like this. You are going to be hated. Honestly, there's no way yeah. out of it. No one who owns a social media site is loved. Sunday, November 6th, day 11. Now, we've been spending a lot of time talking about the business side. Let's take a minute to talk about the atmosphere on Twitter for the users again, because okay. it is what I would describe as apocalyptic. It's very much like downfall when they're all in the bunker and they're all like playing their escape plans or like what they're going to do when like Hitler finally croaks. This is very much like what, what the a comparison. <laughs> it's like the last days of Nazi Germany and Hitler's bunker. But no, just like everybody very casually being like, wow, what am I going to do? when this is like oh, like yeah, what am i gonna do when the world ends basically like that's how people are characterizing it right like oh it's the titanic going down i just did that imagine if the people in Hitler's bunker realized that i compared twitter <laughs> to them being surrounded by the red army <laughs> <laughs> i mean it it's strange because it does feel like something is ending like yeah. something that i i think is catching everybody by surprise on twitter not everybody everybody it's this this is part of the the thesis of our show when we first started out was this idea that the internet is real life. Yeah. And this feeling of like, yeah, well, we are losing something here. And not only something, but like someone's. Yeah. Like it's not easy to recultivate an online community that way, even if they're people that like I wouldn't consider any, any of them my friends, but they were a vital part of my diet. So as more and more verified users are all changing their accounts to look like Elon Musk, uh, <laughs> and just, to, just to keep trolling him to be like, this is bad. Do not do this. Um, it turned out Twitter Blue launched. People can pay eight bucks for nothing, it turns out, because it didn't work. <laughs> there were no check marks at all. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing so loud. <laughs> oh my um, gosh. Here's the thing that's so funny. I know all of this. And just yeah. having you like narrate it to me just <laughs> makes it funny again. <laughs> that same day, Elon Musk is tweeted what he believes is a Voltaire quote, but is actually a quote by American neo-Nazi pedophile Holocaust denier Kevin Alfred Strom. Oh my goodness. Sorry, I didn't realize that that was where the quote was from. I was just like, somebody's like, of course, he's just tweeting like random <laughs> quotes that no. are not from people. 
No, no, no. This is the thing. So there's this quote that keeps floating around the internet. It's been going around forever. It says, to learn who rules over you, simply find out who you're not allowed to criticize. It's just from like several years ago, this dude was a neo-Nazi who posted it. He was talking about the Jews. So Elon is like, yes, anti-Semitism. That's my deal. I don't think Elon Musk knew that, but like people are sending this to him and he's like, like signing off on it. Like, yes, this is, this is what I'm trying to do. I agree with this. I'm trying to dismantle this. <laughs> like, yeah, like these people are following you. Like do some soul searching. Why these people are your fans? But also we love the N-word, sir. Please, please give us more of it. <laughs> he also posts things like to like reporters. He says, you represent the problem. Journalists who think they're the only source of legitimate information. That's the big lie. That's the big lie. New news reporters are the problem. Yeah, I mean, it sounds very Trump. Yeah. And Twitter was democratizing information. It, journalists were not the kings of Twitter. Journalists love Twitter because they can just type in what's going on today and then they got <laughs> their work done for them. So like, yeah, journalists love Twitter. Sorry, dude, I just realized our news channel is going to be able to run anything now because so much of the current news is just literally like, here's some tweets that we found. I mean, there, there's legitimate <laughs> is... journalism still exists, of oh, course. Right. But no, yeah. I know, but I'm just laughing. I'm just like, that's that entire genre of like how like people like lazy news work. It's just going to cease to exist because there won't be Twitter. As far as I can tell, legacy media is like freaking out over this because yeah. like, yeah, Twitter is a very essential part of their yes. job too. And I mean, and again, you can do actual like investigative uh, uh, journalism using Twitter as a very important tool. Um, like we do. <laughs> like we do. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we, we say, okay, I see you on Twitter. Thank you for telling me your conspiracy theories. Where do I go to find out more? And then I go to a website that probably gets me on an FBI watch list or whatever. And then I learn more from there. Yeah. Monday, November 7th, day 12. This is the first day back in the office since the snap, as it came to be known. That was when half of the staff was fired. Twitter is not the same. There are two major camps now. The employees who are working on Elon Musk's pet projects, like the new verification system, and everybody else. A lot of other employees are just sitting around because they don't know what to do because the chain of command has been dissolved. People don't even know who their team consists of or who their manager is. You're just getting paid to sit there? Hey, don't, bring sit it, there. don't bring it up. <laughs> You're tweeting so, that you have nothing to do to work. That's how you get more work. <laughs> Are you new to working? <laughs> <laughs> so in order to learn what they're supposed to do, employees have to go to some like strange measures. After a lot of celebrities and high profile accounts started impersonating him, Elon Musk announced a new policy on Twitter that anyone found impersonating someone else would be permanently banned without warning. So this was news to what remained of Twitter's policy team. They decided, I guess that's what we're supposed to be doing now. <laughs> because Elon Musk tweeted it. Deputizing themselves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Meanwhile, the health team was told to listen to Elon Musk's advisor, David Sachs' podcast for insights into what was going on. I regularly listen to my supervisor's podcast to find out what my work is. So yeah. I mean, this sounds very normal. <laughs> <laughs> but most employees were really concerned about their own benefits as employees because there's a lot of confusion going on right now. The company had an open enrollment period that was supposed to begin today, uh, this day, uh, November 7th, which suddenly there was no information about and nobody knew what they were supposed to do to sign up anymore. And there was no management that was able to answer these questions. And Twitter Blue still wasn't working. So it was announced that they would have to wait until after the midterms. Elon Musk proposed 
just putting the whole website behind a paywall. If you want to get on Twitter at all, you got to just pay us. You can do maybe a few hours of browsing each month, but it's going to be very limited. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm just laughing in the most demented ways because it's so preposterous. Sorry. A website... <laughs> The bird is freed, but if you pay me eight dollars a month, you get to look at the bird for one hour every month. <laughs> the bird is freed, but if you want to see the bird, you got to come in and pay me eight dollars to see it for one hour a month. Tuesday, November eighth, day thirteen. It had become really apparent that the verification system for Twitter was actually much better the way it was. Elon Musk learned that verification isn't just a status symbol. It has utility. This is good. $8 a month is gone. <laughs> Not anybody's going to be able to buy it. In no. fact, I feel like it's going to be replaced with a much more simple system, I imagine. It will not be. It'll be replaced by a more complicated system. Oh, great. <laughs> Elon Musk also didn't want to cancel his plan for the new $8 checkmark, so... On November 8th, it was announced that there would be a second checkmark. <laughs> the original checkmark would be the one that you pay $8 for, yeah. which says that you are verified, but you're not really verified. Really, all it means is that you paid $8. Yeah. There would now be a new second checkmark, which says that you're verified. But the verified checkmark could have just been the previous checkmark. So now there's two checkmarks and you yeah. to, to tell who's verified and who paid $8. It's in, it's crazy, but this kind of thing happens all the time where people come in, they're like, I'm going to fix everything. And then they like very quickly realize, oh, actually, everything existed that way for a reason. I mean, maybe you do need to change stuff, but it's like it's a problem this right. way. It has a very specific character to the problem because <laughs> I don't even have a problem with them coming in, like making changes or laying people off like that does happen. It's unfortunate, sure. but like that, that's a thing that happens. Yeah. I think the reason it's such a mess is he showed up and like on day one, day three, whatever, yeah, day two, actually. <laughs> Starts being like, it would be preposterous if he did that on day one, but day three, David, he's a master <laughs> by that point. <laughs> but also for all the changes that are being made, Twitter Blue, the $8 Twitter verification, still actually doesn't include any verification. It is just a paid subscription that offers the check mark and additional like reach. So if you pay the $8, people will see your stuff. If you don't pay $8, it'll basically be like you're tweeting into the void. Wednesday, November 9th, day 14. On this day, Elon Musk has a digital meeting viewable by the entire company and the public on Twitter spaces. There, he says that the way to save Twitter is by making it like PayPal, which was the original company that Elon Musk, that, that's kind of how he like really broke into tech. Notably, he was responsible for the part of PayPal that died. Still, it's on his resume. So Elon Musk announced that they were filing paperwork with the U.S. government to become a financial service business, offering high-yield money market accounts debit cards, and peer-to-peer -peer transaction like PayPal. Twitter was going to become a social media site that was also a bank. This is the new plan for Twitter. Now, the reason you have so many of those people who just got fired is because, like, yes, it's very nice for your company to profit from financial transactions, but you need like teams to put safeguards in place to keep you from accidentally becoming a bank. Because like once you accidentally become a bank, your life becomes so much more difficult. What an absolutely bizarre statement to have to make. <laughs> once you accidentally become a bank, your life becomes so much harder. <laughs> he also went uh, to great lengths to reassure advertisers that the platform would remain a safe place for brands. 
and that any users who use their blue check mark to impersonate a brand or an individual would be suspended and we're keeping your $8. Hey, there you go. Well, listen, I'm glad that it just never even came to that where people, many, many people would impersonate a specific brand to the detriment of that company's performance. Yeah, that's probably not going to happen, is it? No. <laughs> um, also, keep in mind that that same day, Twitter's chief privacy officer, the chief compliance officer, and the chief information security officer all resign. Oh, my gosh. Information security is a very important thing to have. <laughs> <laughs> if you are going to start issuing debit cards to people well, and high yield money market accounts. Well, I mean, like the government has regulations that you have to comply with when you have people's data like that. And if your chief information security officer resigns, like at that point, like the government's going to come on, you know, like show up and be like, hey, uh, we don't trust you anymore. Evan, you're jumping ahead about four days. <laughs> Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm just looking at the very obvious repercussions of what's happening. <laughs> so, yes, Evan, you're saying that you could uh, you could pretend to be anybody with this verified check mark. Yeah. And wouldn't you know it, today is a big day for Twitter. It is the day that the new Twitter blue slash Twitter verification badges roll out. Thankfully, this was after the midterms because yeah. it would have been a nightmare if this happened during the midterms. Too bad. Elon will have the nightmare. <laughs> So this whole thing was proposed as being a way of stopping bots and scams. So how did it go? Immediately, it was used for scams. A really popular scam developed like instantly where scammers would pay eight bucks, get their Twitter verified check mark, and then make their account a replica of a company like, say, Tesla or like an like a, a airplane company, someplace that has a yeah. lot of complaints that pe people are coming to you because your Twitter account is basically your customer service. Yeah. So here's what you do. A customer goes to Tesla's Twitter account saying, hey, my car fell apart, or hey, my Tesla, whenever I go through the car wash, leaks inside. And then some random scam account, which looks identical to the Tesla account with a verification badge, mm -hmm. slips in, says, I'm so sorry about that. Here, please email this link here. Enter your information <laughs> no. here and we'll reimburse yeah. you. Enter <laughs> your bank account information so that way uh, we can get you your money back. So that started happening. Oh, no. Oh, they just had to slip in. People assume I'm still having a conversation with, with Tesla. It's got the check mark. Yeah. And you're probably asking, Evan, wait a minute. What happened to the second check mark that was supposed to stop all of this? You tell me that didn't work? Hey, listen, I was about <laughs> to ask that. If you, didn't, I was just about to ask the exact question. Well, it turned out people said what you and I said, which was, a second check mark that's kind of dumb, isn't it? <laughs> and Elon Musk, because he's polling the people constantly, canceled it. So there is no second check mark. Oh, no. what? That doesn't exist anymore? It no, it well, no, it it, it was eventually reinstated. Yes. Today, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I mean, and things start going even further off the rails because people are abusing the new verification system mm -hmm. to start impersonating celebrities and brands. So like a fake LeBron James, which looked identical to the actual LeBron James Twitter, said, I'm officially requesting a trade. Thank you, Lakers Nation, for all support <laughs> through the years. On to bigger and better things, <laughs> which then causes stir. People are like, oh my God, what's happening with LeBron James retiring or just leaving the Lakers or what is he doing? Um, a fake official <laughs> Nintendo account came out. <laughs> what so much? <laughs> they posted. <laughs> can I say? It? Can I say it? <laughs> so the a fake Nintendo account. It's like Nintendo US or something like that was the the account they were impersonating. Uh, <laughs> 
photo of Mario flipping everybody the bird. Just like giving the middle finger. And my favorite is somebody responded. Mario would never do that. And the account responded, he just did. That's the thing, uh, you know, we are mentioning the very obvious, like, tragedy of all of this, but it's also incredibly funny. It's just so absurd and also, like, it's so avoidable. Like, this it was is. obvious. I mean, we, we just... now know today that all the thing, all the very obvious criticisms people were bringing up about this new system were being brought up to Elon Musk at the time. And he just was like, I don't care. It is. I mean, like, hubris is the best thing to laugh at. Whatever, like, instant karma, those kinds of things. Like, I think that is... That's absolutely what we're seeing. <laughs> well, and and Elon Musk knows about like the Mario flipping off the camera. Elon Musk knows that that happened. One, some random guy said, the beauty about this, the whole thing, all of these fake accounts is that each account that gets verified paid $8. So Twitter gets to keep the money and still suspend the account. It's genius. I hope more folks do this. It's free money for Twitter. To which Elon Musk responded, an arrow hitting the target emoji a dude wearing sunglasses emoji and a money bag emoji, which to me communicates that he's like, yes, I don't care if random people are impersonating companies doing like legitimate, like brand damage out here. I don't care about the user experience, actually. You know how I said the bird is freed? It's freed to give me money, please. <laughs> I got eight bucks. <laughs> Thursday, November 10th, day 15. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's only 15 days. On November 10th, Elon Musk has an all hands meeting with Twitter. So, all five current employees still around. Yeah, people who are still left. Remote work is no longer an option. This was announced by Elon Musk to the surprise of Twitter's human resource department, <laughs> <laughs> who have been scrambling to assemble a formal policy around this because it's a like I said before, it's a fundamental change to a lot of employee contracts. Elon Musk said, if you can physically make it to the office and you don't show up, your resignation is accepted. Some people think that this was to get rid of more employees. So he announced, oh, you're going to be fired because you're not coming to work, basically. Honestly, this is the kind of thing that got like monarchs killed in like the <laughs> Middle Ages. <laughs> this is kind of behavior. Ending remote work. And Magna Carta was actually about remote work. <laughs> So the most insightful part of this whole meeting probably is that he said, I quote, he's not sure how much run rate the company has and that bankruptcy isn't out of the question. We are on day 15. In 15 days, he tanked the thing. He announced that he was selling Tesla stock to save Twitter. Oh my gosh. He recently sold nearly $4 billion of shares of Tesla, according to regulatory filings from that week. But the main concern is still to find and suspend any verified bots or trolls or spam, which became even harder that day because that day, Yoel Roth, who I don't know if you remember this, I mentioned that he was the guy at Twitter who yeah. would come out and kind of be like, everything's fine, actually. It's all good. Back I said then, he, he would was not... still with the company. Yes. Uh, I don't know if that's currently <laughs> the, situ the situation. Not as of this day. Um, yeah. He is the head of Twitter's moderation and safety, and he quit with a lot of other remaining members of the privacy and security team. Sure including the entirety of Twitter's data governance committee. And that is when the United States government started to get worried. Hey. Yes, that's when the Federal Trade Commission, who basically has been acting like a watchdog for Silicon Valley stuff. Yeah. They started to get worried about what was going on at Twitter. They they had been worried, but they said they decided to kind of step in. <laughs> just standing anxiously off to the side, being like, when can we finally <laughs> just jump in? Come on. 
I don't know for certain that it was Yoel Roth leaving or the data governance committee leaving or what. Sure. But they stepped in because they have to make sure that the company is in compliance with privacy and security requirements, which it yeah. now was not. The people who were in charge of that were gone. And it's got to be the case that like in a bunch of like, like in the EU, I mean, like, I feel like EU has much stricter laws about this also. So whatever the EU version of the FTC is probably also investigating Twitter. Well, it's fascinating because all this stuff is happening. And again, this has all been very USA focused. Yeah. In like throughout the EU, according to <laughs> reports, people are like, what do I, what am I supposed to do about this stuff? Yeah. <laughs> I can't work from home. I can't walk around and ask people yeah. like at Twitter headquarters, what's going on. We just sit here waiting to be told what we're doing. And also like being like, you're all going to work seven days a week. You're going to work 20 hour days. They're like, I live in the EU. No, we're not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have much stronger labor regulations. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. All, all of that about the FTC was from the Washington Post. Uh, this this quote is from The Verge, who uh, also attempted to reach out to Elon Musk for comments. They said Twitter no longer has a communication department. <laughs> Twitter doesn't have a comms department. Just let that sink in. The company does not. So they had to reach out to Elon Musk for comment. Yeah, they had to tweet him. <laughs> it increasingly feels like Elon Musk running around trying to do all the things that need to be done. It's very funny because it's just like, hey, dude, you don't have to. You know, those 7000 people that you like laid off or whatever, like they were there so that you didn't have to do that all personally. <laughs> you could just not have fired them. Yeah. Joe Biden also got involved saying that. Quote, I think Elon Musk's <laughs> cooperation and or technical relationships with other countries is worthy of being looked at. No, I mean, like, if you looked at Twitter, it would be hard to say maybe he's not intentionally trying to destroy this as like an, a foreign agent. <laughs> yeah, that's just very funny to me. It's just kind of like, yeah, federal government being like, is this guy like intentionally trying to ruin an important <laughs> part of like American communication infrastructure? Friday, November 11th. Day 16. It is the third day of the Twitter blue rollout of the new checkmark system. Going great. And it's going wonderful because now the fake accounts, they don't just exist to troll Elon Musk and they don't just exist to try to scam people. Now it's time for the big problems to start. The kind of problems that people were saying verification is really there to stop. This is the day that what I'm sure a lot of people know is the the infamous Eli Lilly tweet went out. Yeah. Somebody who uh, paid eight bucks for a checkmark pretending to be Eli Lilly and Co. Yeah. Eli Lilly and Co. For folks who don't know, it's a, it's a pharmaceutical company. It's not just a pharmaceutical company. This is one of three pharmaceutical companies that makes almost all the insulin in the world. Yeah. And <laughs> remember they came that out. thing that is supposed to be like generally available to people for like people with like diabetes and stuff. They're one of the three people who make it. Yes. So this fake account pretending to be the verified Eli Lilly tweeted out, we are excited to announce. <laughs> I love this. I'm sorry. We are excited to announce insulin is free now. Now this is not Mario flipping off the camera. Yeah. This, you know, <laughs> this is Mario giving insulin to the camera. <laughs> It's not just annoying and like bad for your brand. This brought so much attention to the fact that like, wait, it isn't for how much does it cost? And it's like, oh, $200 a dose. <laughs> in less than a day, Eli Lilly lost $20 billion in market capitalization. <laughs> now, keep in mind, this is still one of the largest companies in the world. Like they're yeah, doing fine for themselves. It's like a blip, but yeah. still. <laughs> but $20 billion is not- Jump change. It's no small yeah. thing. And I'll tell you what, that even though Eli Lilly 
is like gonna be fine. They're not happy about it. Mm -mm. After that fake tweet went viral, the real company account had to come out and apologize to their consumers. Sorry, actually, we're still price gouging. Sorry. (laughs) Basically coming out and being like, I'm not doing that. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Customer service yelling at individual (laughs) consumers. No, screw you. It's $200. But the damage didn't just stop with Eli Lilly. The other two companies, Novo Nordisk and Sanofi, which together those three own insulin in the the globe. Yeah. um, They also took huge hits. And like Evan was saying, this triggered a lot of anger about the price of insulin, which did that affect this, uh, the stock prices or whatever? I don't know. Probably not. I think the fear that, wait, you're selling it for free? How are you going to make money? And then immediately, like the stock value dropped. It's probably more that like, you're not going to make the billions of dollars you make if you're selling it for free. Yeah. So that's one instance. Okay, this tweet goes viral, insulin, you know, the companies take a big hit. They get very upset at Elon Musk. It couldn't happen but listen, twice. Only one evil company, only one incredibly <laughs> valuable evil company is going to get a hit on this, you know? So it's not huge. It's it's restricted to this one company, you know? It's not an issue. Um, that same day, a person, some hero pretending to be- Uh-oh. Are you talking? Sorry, are you telling me, David? I just goofed right there in that statement. <laughs> yeah, you're in for a you're in for a rude awakening here in two seconds, Uh-oh. Evan. Somebody pretending to be Lockheed Martin, the defense contractor for the most powerful nations in the world, tweeted out, "We will be halting all weapons sales to Saudi Arabia, Israel, Whoa. and the United Whoa. States until further investigation into their record of human rights abuses." Oh no! <laughs> Hashtag we are we are Lockheed Martin. We are like. <laughs> Do you ever just sign off your tweets with a hashtag? I am my myself, actually, in case you're wondering. <laughs> Within a day, again, so exact same thing. Billions lost from Lockheed Martin. All right. Well, only two. Only two, David. No more companies are going to suffer this. I, I guarantee. Well, it. it's the same day. And immediately companies are like, they're pissed off. Lockheed Martin. You do not yeah. want Lockheed Martin to be pissed off at you. These guys make the weapons yeah. of war. Now, at this point, everybody is upset. Omnicom. I don't know if you've heard of Omnicom. Do they sound like an evil giant company? <laughs> Omnicom. I was like, I bet they're big. They've got <laughs> Omni in the name. This this Bond villain company, they're the advertising firm <laughs> whose clients are McDonald's and Apple. Oh, They start recommending to their clients, no more Twitter. Like you don't even want to be associated with this place anymore. They're going to say, sorry, McRib all year round now. <laughs> that will kill McDonald's. <laughs> We're, we're putting all of our money back into fixing the ice cream machines. <laughs> we're going to lose billions. <laughs> and at this point, Elon Musk announces that they're suspending purchase of Twitter Blue. Oh, no. It took less than three days for the new verification system to fail so hard that the companies that like run the world descended on Elon <laughs> Musk to be like, yo, we are pissed <laughs> off. <laughs> I lo- yeah, it's like... Honestly, in like the fever dream of like QAnon people where they're like lizard people run the world. Can you imagine just being like a guy at a company and all the lizard people show up and be like, listen here, buddy, <laughs> you're gonna, you got to stop and cut out this new subscription service. It's going bad. So I love that. Yeah. But Bernie Sanders was coming out being like, yeah, insulin prices should not be this high. This is insane. Bernie Sanders has been yelling about the price of insulin in Congress for like, I don't know, 50 years or something like that. Yeah, so. And then Elon Musk responded to Bernie Sanders on Twitter saying, basically coming out being like, actually, Eli Lilly is great. Uh, 
They're fine. They're I love Eli Lilly. Please don't. Please don't leave. <laughs> Sigh eyeing Eli Lilly in the back of the room, being like, is this enough? I'll do I'll, I'll defend you. I'll come out. I'll literally go around and respond to tweets telling people how great you are. Oh my gosh. Now, if you remember Birdwatch or community notes that that fact checks tweets, they came out to fact check Elon Musk's response to Bernie Sanders. No! To correct him because Elon Musk's defense of Eli Lilly uh, talking about insulin prices was inaccurate, according to uh, Rand's study from 2020. Actually, it only costs about like $8. Yeah, it's $9.32. <laughs> the yeah. markup is incredible. <laughs> You're paying $200 because nobody will regulate these people. We're going to end it there. That is day 16. We're going to make this a two-part episode. Guys, help me. Help me. David's locked me in here. It's five hours. <laughs> We've been talking about this. <laughs> Elon Musk has done so much dumb stuff, and David wants to talk about all of it. I do. And then we're going to we're gonna do another one with the follow-up because, man, how could things get worse, right? I hear you cry. <laughs> no, it's, I mean... Does it? <laughs> I mean, <it's> not... <laughs> Sorry, I'm just over here being like, isn't that everything actually? Is that all the worst stuff? <laughs> that's all the wild stuff that's going on so far, right? There, there's more it? stuff. That was definitely a crescendo for how wild things got. But I, to give you a little taste of where things are at, fast forward to today, November 18th. Twitter's offices are closed. Yeah, they shut it down for the entire weekend. They're like, nobody's allowed to go in. Yeah, yeah, nobody's allowed inside because they're afraid of sabotage by employees, is what they said. Is that the reason? Okay. Now, is that the only reason? I mean, maybe. I, I wouldn't. That That is possible. I doubt that's the only reason. It's not a great look when you're like, our employees are definitely trying to destroy company. We're going to continue the timeline in our next episode. That was only the first 16 days. Elon Musk must be losing his mind at the moment. I just, I feel so like energized. It's like, oh my goodness, this too? What yes. in the world? And I knew all this. I saw when it was happening. Yeah. I went through, yeah. did all the additional research so I could put it in yeah. these notes, wrote out the notes. And I'm still like, what the heck? It's I, uh, the reason why I've been laughing so maniacally this entire episode is because again, yeah, I've heard all this stuff. It's just having it like said again, it's just, it's just reminding me how, absolutely bonkers is again the fact that like joe biden is out there being like honestly it's hard to differentiate whether or not this man's intentionally trying to sabotage this company is just wild that's to a me. pretty bad indictment of the job that you're doing yeah when people are like i legitimately can't tell if you are a spy yeah exactly <laughs> here's the thing i don't want twitter to fail I don't want it to go away. We use Twitter all the time. I, I have really important community on Twitter. I use Twitter. I sincerely thought Elon Musk was going to show up and things would basically be the same. Honestly, like it probably wouldn't affect us too much. I mean, I, I honestly, at this point, it's just like, how could you not recognize that clearly the user experience has gone down? Also, I'm just going to make an appeal to our listeners. Like if you heard all of the stuff we just said and said, this is indicative of company that's going to be around in the future. I don't see how there is a Twitter long term. And a lot of people are gone. Twitter's a massive system. The engineers of Twitter are themselves not sure that if you turn Twitter off, it could come back. If Twitter went out and for the record, coming up is the World Cup. Oh my goodness. Twitter gets overloaded that time of year. Oh my gosh. 
Honestly, the like it would be such an insult to the world if like the slave state of Qatar just immediately destroyed Twitter by hosting the World Cup. Just like we do slavery, also <laughs> we destroyed Twitter. <laughs> well, gang, we might not be distributing this on Twitter like we usually do. Yeah. All right, so we are gonna meet back with you guys soon for another Twitter wrap up, <laughs> our Twitter autopsy. <laughs> we'll see you guys there. Bye. It's David. The episode is over, but as always, it's time for credits. I want to give a shout out to my beautiful wife, Katie, who read the dates for us and is uh, just always really supporting me and all my projects, like making a 90 minute analysis of Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter. Um, it's only been a few days since we recorded this episode and things have just like, gotten even worse. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, we'll do another episode about it. This episode, we heard They're Coming by Colton Dewberry, which we're listening to right now. And as always, I'd like to say thanks to Something Unreal for his Windows XP remix that we hear at the top of every episode. Thank you so much for listening. Can't wait to join up with you again. Bye-bye. <laughs>